0: Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 50 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. Justin Hughes here. Uh, You can follow our podcast on Twitter, at Baseball365Pod. You can follow me, at at Batman365. Somebody asked me about that last week. That is, at, you know, the ad on the Twitter, and then the words, at Batman365. And you can also follow my co- po- my co-host Andrew McQuiston, at AMCQ82. And Andrew, I'll and b- bring you on here now and say welcome. We're episode number fifty.
1: Yeah, crazy. We've uh, fifty in the year. This will be the last one of the
0: year. So pretty awesome. Yeah, and we started I think six or seven weeks into the year. So that's actually like fifty and forty three weeks. Yeah. We definitely got at it. Yeah, for sure. Now. You mentioned this. So I don't know if you wanted me to say this here or not, but since I just brought up your Twitter at AMCQ82, one of your goals this next year, you said, is to tweet more, right?
1: Yeah, I just, I, I kind of want to start doing it. I haven't, I'm not too involved with Twitter, but we'll see.
0: <laughs> hey, it's okay. Either you're going to do it and that's awesome, or you're going to be like the other 95% of Americans who make a new year's resolution and then quit about a weekend. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, <laughs> way. I'm actually, I'm actually on there quite a
1: bit. I just don't tweet really, but we'll see going forward. I mean, I'm on Facebook a lot. Just haven't never been, haven't ever been a Twitter guy, but maybe that'll change.
0: So tonight is a special podcast where we're going to have a guest and Andrew, do you know how many guests we've had so far this year in 50 episodes? I think
1: this is our second or third.
0: Number three.
1: three. We had
0: Tim early on, and then we had, oh my gosh, I just blanked on his name. The guy who came and did with the Brent. Dynasty podcast. Brent Herzog. Yes, Brent Herzog. Yes. I'm sorry, Brent, if you listen. I apologize. I suck at names. And um, so, But our number three is going to be Chris Winder, our buddy who plays in Rotomasters 2 with us. And he's set up in draft and hold league. For us to play in and we just completed that draft a week ago and well Andrew you didn't participate so he's going to be conducting the interview with Andrew is going to be conducting the interview with Chris and I asking our thoughts on making the decisions so Chris are you should be on by now are you here yeah thanks hey, for having you, me guys yeah happy to have you man and happy you set this league up for us I think it's going to be a lot of it was a lot of fun to go through a draft process especially this early in the off season.
2: Yeah, it was like December. I'm like, what are we going to do? If I sit around doing nothing, I'm going to end up making trades. I regret my Dynasty League. So I was like, hey, let's do a draft and hold.
0: (laughs) I think you've been pretty quiet in the Dynasty League format and Roto Masters 2 this offseason, haven't you?
2: Yeah, one of my goals, I feel like I make trades just to make trades, and it kind of bites me in the rear. So now I'm like, let me just sit back and kind of let things play out, see how things go and be a little more quiet. And then try to pounce when I see an opportunity
0: or try to play it slow. Yeah, You know, you made a lot of trades last offseason. And, well, I think I took that mantle this offseason. I've been trying to trade anybody and everybody, it seemed like, for the first two months. It's kind of quiet now for me, but I think you and I switched roles because I was pretty quiet last offseason and then got busy this one.
2: Yeah. So I figured this draft and hold will give me some time and
0: it gets me it gets draft and holds are
2: nice especially this early to really get your projections going and to get really an idea of the player pool. Yes, you'll miss on some people because things ha- things will happen, injuries, player movement, but it definitely gives you a good opportunity to figure out where players are doing what your kind of projections look like.
0: I couldn't agree more. Having never done a draft and hold this early. I loved that I did it this early. It had me looking into things a little more than I, or in a little earlier than I normally am. But um, just wanted to ask you a couple questions considering first time on with you. Um, tell us a little about yourself. Where do you live? What do you do? Married? Kids?
2: Yeah. So I live out in San Ramon. It's about 30 minutes east of Oakland, San Francisco. Okay. I'm a big Giants fan, grew up in the peninsula. Uh, so I am actually a teacher. I teach high school at a continuation high school. I'm um, not too far from where I live. Married, two kids. Hopefully they're quiet in the background. So far, so good. Some neighbor kids came over. I'm like, right now? All right, wonderful. Um, So, yeah, two kids, eight and five, both boys. Um, I enjoy watching baseball. My eight-year-old loves to watch me draft, and he likes the clock counting down. He's like, who are you going to take? Who are you going to take? I'm like, uh, <laughs> I
0: don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Has he when is he going to play fantasy baseball for the first time?
2: Uh, yeah, that's,
0: that's a good question. Probably middle school, I think.
2: Yeah, I think middle school. That's when I started actually with really? uh, my dad. Yeah, I like fantasy football um with my dad like in middle helped my dad out in middle school and then high school for got a little more involved with him. Actually, I have a little stake in the in the team.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but I remember in middle school I joined like they did it through like parks and rec. They did like a fantasy football, like auction league. It was kind of interesting. It was kind of fun. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, that's cool. You man, you started early. I didn't start <laughs> until I was like 18, 19, 20. What about you, Andrew? I don't remember. Yours was, you, um, you weren't too early. I uh, 16 or 17, I think somewhere in there. Okay. So still younger than me. Um, Chris, how many leagues did you play in this past year?
2: Yeah, I was counting them up when you asked me that. Um, so last year I played in eleven, but I only I counted as nine and a half because, <laughs> as you guys know, or Ken and I, we count drafting holds as half a leagues. Yes. So it was yeah. um, three dynasty, a keeper, four redrafts, and three drafting holds. So ended up being about nine and a half.
1: <laughs> that's a good. That's a good way to to count them because they are kind of like it's such low maintenance. It's like a half. I've
0: told my wife that I'm trying to keep my leagues down so I don't end up getting too much time put into fantasy baseball. And I've got to remember that. Cause I think when I told her I had this draft going, she's like, I thought you weren't joining any other leagues. And that's, I've got to remember that's only a half of one and I'm in another half of one. So that's only one league. So I'm still playing in the same amount. <laughs> there, you you. there you go. Thank you. Okay. So you do have quite a few dynasty teams and, you are saying that you've been pretty quiet in Rotomasters too, but have you made many big trades in any of the others? Or quite all of
2: Yeah, I made a trade recently actually with uh, Ari Sunshine and the CBS League I'm in with him. And it was interesting. It was um no really um it's a save it saves holds divided by two. Um no prospects are involved. So I gave up I gave up Edwin E five and um oh no, and Whit Merrifield, and got back uh, Luke Voight and Tommy Pham. And then, and then we made a little pick swap. I got Gal- Galagos, the closer, hopefully. Oh, yeah. We'll talk yes. about him later. And, yes. a, and I gave up a sixth, a fifth-round draft pick. There was a little bit of a pick swap going on there. So, yeah, I, yeah, I saw the, ended up with Voight. I got Voight and um, okay. Pham with Galagos.
0: Yeah, I thought it was yeah. an interesting trade. Yeah, I would say that's interesting. A lot of good... Good, yeah. interesting names there. Fam is definitely a trendy guy. Actually, you took t- you traded for two X Cardinals. Now that I think about it, and I just got myself a Luke Voigt bobblehead. Yes, well, today is Sunday, so two days ago I went and bought a Luke Voigt bobblehead off somebody off Facebook Marketplace. Funny enough, but um, <laughs> <clears throat> I might I had- have an idea who you bought him off of. <laughs> no it was some stranger there was some stranger on facebook but oh, okay. i definitely you we a guy who we play in a league with or played in a league with he um went to school with luke void i'll just leave it at that and so yeah it's always been a long kind of inner joke there but um one last question then we'll get move on but you shared a cool picture of a buster Posey bat you got for christmas what was that
2: Yeah, I'll post it on the Facebook page as well. I was going to mention that. Yeah. So my sister's like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know. It's Christmas. I was like, there's this one thing that's one of those things you're not going to buy yourself. So I got it. It's a, it's a baseball bat. It's a cut in half. It's a real bat. And they, they did, they took out the inside and they made it all nice and clean. And you can drink beer, drinks and soda, beer, whatever you want out of the inside. Wow, Pretty cool. So it looks like Buster Posey's name, a little like fake signature. And then uh, I think number twenty-eight. I'll post on the Facebook page. I know Bob ended up getting the Cubs logo one, which is pretty cool. Yeah, those are really neat. Um, yeah, and one of those things is... you're not gonna. Yeah, one of those things you're not gonna buy, but you're like, hey, get them as a
0: gift. It's kind of cool. That's the perfect way to get those things, and I, I agree. It's like one of those things you, I one of my favorite gifts. Probably my favorite gift my wife ever got me for Christmas was like one of those long photos of the Busch Stadium for the Cardinals. And it's one of those things I probably would never would have bought myself. But I've always she's said uh, every time you stop in a store and you see one of those, you just stop and stare at it. So I knew I had to get you one eventually. And those are the great gifts. Stuff like that that, you know, you don't have to buy yourself. Okay, well, um, I think that's all the questions I got. Anything you want to ask Chris before we get started, Andrew? I think you covered it. Okay, well, from here. I'm just going to hand it over to you, Andrew, cause you're going to be the interviewer and Chris and I, we're going to, we're going to be the, take the grilling on questions on what we were thinking with wh- who we took. <laughs> so, all right. right, Andrew, it's yours.
1: All right. So I guess first I'll just, um, throw it to Chris. Um, obviously you're the one that set up the league, so. Just give us an idea, you know, kind of just explain what type of league it is, why you set it up, who's involved, etc. Yeah, so like I mentioned earlier, it was kind of
2: like a league to kill time. So we invited everyone from our Rotomasters 2 league to participate. So we have 15 members in that league. A couple of them said that aren't really interested right now. So I ended up getting three other players not from Rotomasters 2. So it's a 15-man league, um, standard format, 5 by 5 average um, saves, all those um, categories there. Fifteen teams, so it's drafting holes. You have to actually you have to go fifty rounds, no waiver claims, Whoever's on your roster, that's what we have to go and play. Um standard format, fourteen hitters, nine pitchers, and you have your twenty seven man bench to fill in. Um, weekly lineups. Uh, I think that kind of covers it. Yeah. No pickups. Cool. No pickups.
0: No, pick- yeah, no, no trades, pickups, no trades, no pickups. Yeah. One of the three. No, go throw ahead. in there real quick, but um is our league fees for Rotomasters, you basically you made this league a ten dollar buy-in, so it's a real cheap one. But on the same note, whoever wins but basically will cover their Rotomasters two um buy-in for next year. So that was a pretty cool idea. I really like that thought. Yeah, that was my mind,
2: so, yeah, my thinking behind it. It's like, hey, let's do something more fun, winner take, pretty much winner take all and then cover your league dues for this league since everyone's really in the 12 of the 15 members in the league. So it definitely helps us to, hey, it covers the cost. You win this. You can go, I hope they do it in years.
1: Keep going year after year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I knew a lot of that. I just wanted to uh, share with some of the listeners. So um, I guess first we'll just start with uh, just your general strategies going in, knowing your draft slot. I think you guys... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you knew your draft slot going in. It was obviously it was a slow draft, so you had, I think it was four hours to pick. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. We did a little PDS yeah. to start. Um, yeah. Yeah, so just um, general strategy, entering the draft and what you were thinking with the slot that you had. To, so everyone knows Chris picked seventh and Justin picked 12th, and it was a snake, obviously. So we'll start with Chris. Yeah, I guess my general strategy to going in, I've done a couple of
2: draft and holds um, previously. I kind of will load up on arms. Um, a lot of starters. Um, I'll get to my strategy about closers later. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of starters. I'm trying to get innings. Um, and then picking seven, I really got three players in mind. We'll get to the first round, but I was just kind of going round by round, trying to fill in from there. But really, the strategy thinking about a draft and hold is to make sure you don't have any empty slots um, with pitching, especially. And worry about hitters later.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally agree. How about you, Justin? Picking on the back half of the first round in a lot of these drafts the last few years, I think this is my third or fourth, probably my fourth year of drafting holds. I know pitching goes fast in these formats in the aces. And when I'm in the back half, I really want to get myself at least one ace in those first two rounds. And... When I was looking at the back half of the first round, I was worried even at the who was going to be there for me and going into the second. I was worried that there may not be another pitcher there. So I decided to go with an ace in the first round to, get, um, to make sure I had that covered. And sure enough, every other ace that I would have felt comfortable taking when it got back to me in the second was gone. So I was okay making the decision. We'll talk about who in a bit. And even in the end of the third, going into the fourth, I thought when I looked at the pitchers that were there, there's one I think I would have bought now after doing a little more research, but I definitely wanted to have an ace early.
1: Cool. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm just going to read through the picks round by round, probably for the few first four or five rounds. And then after that, we'll just kind of go through who these guys took and kind of their uh, thought process with each pick or That set of picks, I guess you could say. Um, So first round, we had Mike Trout went first. Then Christian Yelich, Ronald Acuna, Cody Bellinger, Trey Turner, Garrett Cole, Mookie Betts went seven to Chris, Francisco Lindor, Juan Soto, Trevor Story, Alex Bregman, Justin took Max Scherzer at 12. And then we had Jacob deGrom Nolan Arenado, and Jose Ramirez. So that was the first round. Um, start with Chris. Mookie, seven. No-brainer, or who else were you thinking about?
2: Yeah, I wasn't really thinking about Mookie getting him there. I thought he would be gone. It was really Cole or Lindor. Um, Cole to get that ace open off. He wasn't signed at the time. Um, and then Lindor, just a five-category you know, yeah. monster. Who doesn't want to have Francisco Lindor on your team. And then when... Uh, Someone took Cole right ahead of me, and Mookie was there. I was like, "Hey, I got to take Mookie. No problem at at all." Um, especially outfield, outfield versus shortstop. Shortstop's pretty deep, um, so Mookie was a no-brainer. Pretty easy pick there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I I would have taken Mookie four, so I I like that pick a lot. Um, how about you, Justin? Twelve. Scherzer over to Grandma.
0: <sighs> yeah, and. I'll tell you my thought process during the draft. I think today I would take DeGrom there as I thought about it some more because Scherzer did have some neck issues down the stretch. He is a little bit older. DeGrom's now done it for two straight years. Um, But I looked at it as Scherzer was the number one pitcher a year ago. I still feel like he can easily be the number one pitcher this next year. I'm getting him at a little bit of a discount from a year ago. I'm not as worried about the neck as I think other people are. But on the same note, DeGrom has nothing going on with him right now. So, if I could go back, I would take DeGrom there in that slot over Scherzer. I mean, the the bat that was still sitting there that was hard to pass on was Nolan Arenado, but I just looked at it and I did not feel as comfortable with what pitcher would be there in the second round if I took yeah. Arenado. And also the fact that speed's just hard to come by. Arenado's awesome and anybody who'd want to take him right there, I wouldn't even bat an I wouldn't bat an eye, but I whenever the only bat that I probably would have considered if he made it to me was Trevor story. I mean, I'm not realistically thinking the other guys that went in front of him were going to get to me and I would have considered story if he had been there, but Nope, I went, I went with the arm.
1: Yeah, I have, I have no problem when you're picking at the end with going with an arm first, just because when you're picking like in that 11 to 15 range, I feel like you have to think about, do I feel more comfortable with the bat that's going to drop or the pitcher that's going to drop? Because you, their exactly. picks are the picks are close enough together that it doesn't really make a difference which one you take first if you're planning on taking one of each, if that makes any sense. So I kind of uh, was, with, was with you there. Yeah, I was just curious, kind of your thought process. Um, and I was going to mention Hernado, so I'm glad you did. I guess I don't even have to. So any uh, any of these picks stand out to you as was there anything that was kind of out of order from what you would have done or did you guys think it was pretty normal? Either one of you, whichever one of you wants to go first. You go first. Not, first. Really.
2: Not really. Just looking at it right now, the first round, um, Jose Ramirez, I guess at 15, which I don't mind. I just, I, I think ADP probably right now is him going a little bit later. Um, but I have no problem with the pick at all, obviously. But, um, since he was going, you know, top three the year before, um, no, not really. Yeah, pretty yeah. clean
0: first round. Ramirez yeah. was going to be the guy I brought up. I think that's a bit early. I mean, it could pay out just fine. I mean, he was the best hitter in baseball there in July and August before that season-ending injury. But I thought that uh, the, he was also absolutely frustrating for the previous about full, full calendar year. So I don't think I'd be willing to go with him there. And honestly, my Scherzer pick is probably the only other one that I think raised some eyebrows. I know some, but I was talking with Lucas Beery, and I think he was like he was telling me, and he's like, I, I'd be out on him. I don't think it, I don't think he'd take him in the mid second until the mid mid to late second. And I know there are a lot of people that feel that way. So I think those are the two eyebrow raisers of the draft.
1: Yeah, obviously, when you're picking on the end, Ramirez, if he's your guy, it's like you got to take him there. So. But I get what yep. you're saying too. It's okay. So we'll go into round two. And um, on the end, the uh, 15th guy that took Ramirez took Walker Bueller. Then it went Freddie Freeman, Justin Verlander. Justin took Fernando Tatis Jr. Then it went Aaron Judge, Rafael Devers, Bryce Harper, Anthony Rendon. Chris took JD Martinez. And following that was Jordan Alvarez, Pete Alonso, Steven Strasburg, Glaber Torres, Jack Flaherty, and Javi Baez. Back to the uh, first pick, the guy that took Trout. Uh, start with Justin here. Tatis at 19. Uh, explain, explain why he, and who else you were kind of looking at there.
0: Um, Honestly, I wasn't looking at many other people. The guys who went after him. Aaron Judge and Bryce Harper, I do like, and they, uh, and two, one and three picks later, those were the bats that I would have considered there also. But Tatis with the speed, I I think we've talked about this a couple times this offseason already, so I'm not going to go too long. But he, you know, we've talked about the batting average risk with that batting average on balls and play being so dang high last year. But even if he hits 260, as long as he's healthy which I don't look at any of his injuries last year and think that those are something to be concerned about going forward. Even if he's hitting t- even if he hits 260, he might go 30-30, 30-20, something like that. And that's just hard to find in fantasy baseball at this point. So I'm just going with that and seeing where the batting average can play itself out, and I'll worry about that going moving down the line. Chris, give us your opinion on this
1: Tatis pick. Yeah, I like it. Five categories. Ernie guess four in a.
2: Four and a half of the batting average. I like Tatis there, um, yeah. just because you get some speed, and whatnot.
0: No, no problem with that at all. And just so you know, Chris, it's okay if you end up at some point hating one of my picks. I'm not gonna, I'm not <laughs> yeah, gonna be got... offended. I'll probably never have you back, but I won't be offended. <laughs>
1: nah, <laughs> I don't mind Tatis there. <laughs> yeah, I was telling Justin, I, I'm fine with it. I, there will be people that don't like it, but. The ceiling's really high with him, so
0: it's pretty appropriate spot if you want him, I think. Uh, and I'm a hypocrite. Go- uh, before we go any further, I am a hypocrite, because two months ago, I was one of the people saying, there's no way I could justify taking him there. My mind changed on it.
1: That's okay to have your mind changed,
0: right? That's what the offseason's for.
1: Yeah, exactly. Chris, J.D. Martinez, how do you feel about him entering this year and uh, was filling the outfield earliest strategy, starting with Betson, and J.D.? I wasn't thinking about positions
2: there. I was hoping Harper would fall. Um, I was just looking at giving the best bat. Um, JD, J.D. Martinez, he played a lot of games. I was looking at that, 150 games and 146 in the past two years. I'm um, just looking for someone with a high average, really trying to get an average base there just because so they know it might hit me later. A lot of home runs, um, just a lot of counting stats. I don't mind going two yeah. players on the same team. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna drive each other in and
1: have a good year. Yeah, he's been remarkably consistent. So, I yeah, another player.
0: I no yeah, another player going. Like, what was he going last year? Top five, seven. So yeah, in right kidding, in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So you're getting him at a discount, and he's the yeah. same player.
2: There's nothing outfield. Yeah. It's not like he's a util only like the next pick that we can talk about. Um,
1: he's outfield,
2: you know, outfield eligible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think in general of the, of the second round? Was there anybody that stood out to you? Well, I I guess I have that that next, that
2: next pick after mine of JD, Yordan went, um, at what is that? I don't know. He went right after that in the middle of the second or end of the second. He's util only seems kind of early, uh, Pete Alonso right after either have Alonso at first base than Jordan there, yeah that's kind of jumped out at me. Yeah,
1: yeah, i have kind of I've kind of a- said that Jordan this year. I, I love Jordan. I have him in Roto Masters three. I got him in like the eighth round. Obviously it exploded and he's great. But I've kind of said this year. I think if I was writing a column on my guys that I'm just not taking in redraft, he'd be the cover boy. I just can't do it when you can get Nelson Cruz later as we'll, we'll get to him but you know it's just it's like Jordan's ceiling is what nelson cruz just does every single season yep at least to me yeah. so
2: and i learned something in um something i kind of take with me in football actually and i'm going to try to apply it more to baseball you know take think of someone that was not kind of even kind of the waiver wire like Jordan kind of pops you don't want to take him in the first couple of rounds those guys, usually, you're not going to pay off. And, yeah. you know, the same thing to can say with Pete Alonzo. He's going, you know, the 27th, 20, 30th round. You never know what's going to happen there. You know, maybe it's different. But I, something I learned in football, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. Edwin, those guys that you find on the waiver wire are not going to be, you're not going to gain a profit from the next year.
0: How huge of a difference is there really in projections for next year with Edwin Encarnacion and Pete Alonso?
2: uh not much uh, i don't yeah maybe I, more ones not... for alonzo i, I mean, worry about I think, edwin i, I about think
1: edwin. more of uh i think more of matt olson but we yeah. talked about that on a yes. previous podcast yeah. but uh yeah alonzo's a little high for me but i understand it with the year he had i mean it's like he it was awesome you know
2: yeah yeah olson and alonzo give me olson all every day of the week especially three rounds after yeah every yeah. day
1: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly Yep. Okay, so moving on to round three, we had George Springer, Mike Clevenger, Chris Sale, Jonathan VR, Shane Bieber, Xander Bogarts, Chris took Blake Snell, and then we had Jose Altuve, Luis Castillo, Charlie Morton, Starling Marte. Justin took Ozzie Albies, and then we had Keito Marte, Adalberto Mondesi, and Aaron Nola to round out the third round. Uh, I'll start with Chris here, Blake Snell. Are you concerned about his 2019? Did you feel like you had to get a pitcher here? And if not, or even if so, who else else were you looking at? Was there any other pitchers or hitters, or what what were you thinking here?
2: Yeah, I wasn't really thinking I had to get a picture, but I knew it was going to be something I was looking at. Um, Snell was just like that last kind of ace that I kind of think is an ace. Um, a lot of the numbers were similar to 2018. I think just got a little, they look at it a little bit further. But what I have here is walk rate was on the same as 18, similar stuff to 2018. I just think it's a great value there, getting him in the middle end of the middle of the third compared to other starters that I just you know track history and whatnot. I'd rather have Snell there than. Some
1: other guys that maybe went ahead of him, or he's that last guy? I think in that group, who would you uh, who would you have taken Snell over of the pitchers that went in front of him, any of them? Um,
2: I, I just don't trust the Indian guys that much. Um, Clevenger and Bieber, I don't know. I would probably take him over Clevenger and Bieber if I had the choice. I think. Yeah. What about Sale? Um, he's the one. Sale has that so much upside. It just with the strikeouts and whatnot. But I get. I, yeah, I'd probably go Sale sell, sell than Snell, but they're close.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah, they went in front. I was just, I was just curious.
2: Yeah. But I would just, definitely want Snell rather than those other guys. If Snell was gone, I was not going to take the people after with Castillo, Morton, Corbin, yeah. Severino,
1: Flair, or Kershaw. So I was kind of
2: – you know, Snell was the last
1: guy. Kind of wanted that guy. Yeah, I get it. Uh, mm-hmm. Justin Albies, my boy. Why, uh, mm-hmm. what do you think about second base this year?
0: I, I don't, I like it actually. And I hear a lot of people saying they do not like second base this year. When I move down the list, when I look at the NFBC ADP, I see guys all the way up and down I like to where I didn't take Ozzy Albies here because I felt like I needed to get a second baseman. Because moving down the list, I mean, I'm just going to throw out some names, all of them that I like with second base eligibility over the next couple of rounds. Hira, um, D. Max Muncy, if you want to plug him there. Moustakis, I'd be fine with. Tommy Edmonds. Some of these guys have multiple positions, so maybe they're getting plugged elsewhere. But moving down, Ryan McMahon. Kevin Newman late, I think, is interesting. D Gordon, if you lack in speed. And then all the way down to Robinson Cano, who's a late-round, almost in-game flyer. All those guys I like, and I would feel comfortable putting in as my second baseman if I waited on that position. So it's not like I... Felt like I needed to get Ozzie Albies early. It's just more of me trying to take best available player.
1: Yeah, I've said said that before, so I'll just kind of leave it alone. But I, I still think there's another level left with him. So
0: what do you yeah, guys I just traded what, for him in a dynasty league too last year? So Yeah. Now Ozzie Albies back on my squad after giving him to you in Roto Masters two last year in a bad trade. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say g I wouldn't say giving, but Oh, maybe a little bit right now. It doesn't
1: look good. <laughs> What'd you guys think of the round in general? Anybody, uh, anybody you wouldn't have touched in this round or did you think it was kind of about what you, what you expected? I guess we could talk about Mondesi. I don't mind that there. The good value in the
2: third, I saw him going a lot earlier. Previous drafts. I don't know what his ADP is currently, but that's pick 44. I think that's fine. I think I you know, we got a lot of issues, but it is December. You know, if he misses a month, you're still okay with what he can do.
1: Yeah. No, I yeah. yeah, I really I like um I like Mondesi and Corbin, who we'll get to as part of the construction with uh with their team, with Benny and Ryan's team, getting Arenado and Freeman. It just yes. you need the steals and you need the pitching. So it it kind of just fits. I've I've always been kind of a little bit of a Mondesi hater, but I like it for their team
0: for sure. Completely agree. He was the. I mean, if you take Arenado and Freeman with your first two picks, you have no speed. Right. With in the first couple of rounds where you really need to get it with some of your, with at least one of your bats to where it just made a lot of sense for them to be the team to take him. I thought for if I was in their shoes as much as a uh, Mondesi makes my stomach turn, I probably would have done the same thing there too. Uh, I've been vocal about not liking Chris Sale. I just, I don't think I'm in on him. I, it's, I, the risk in that arm and the performance last year, I, makes me squirmish, but I also had a share of him last year. So that may be why as compared to me taking a couple of rounds later when one of the other arms that kind of had a somewhere deal, um, Bieber, I don't love him either coming off the big season, going as early as he did. Um, Keitel Marte again, I, I don't really feel great about taking guys off of big breakouts if they've not been performing before then. And I can't do Mark. I can't do Ketel Marte this year.
1: Not at 43 overall. No way. No, I just can't. There's a couple thoughts I had. Yeah. I, uh, how do you guys in general, I know like just going back to the sale thing, do you, do you factor in how much a
0: guy screwed you over in the past? I try Chris. not to. Uh, All yeah, I, since tough. I just jumped in, I try not to, but it doesn't always work out that way. I mean, there are guys I really like this year that screwed over owners last year that I'm in on because of the price. But here I am with sale. But I just, it's not as much performance if it, it's elbow with me that has me worried. Performance was bad, but the, I, the dip velocity, the elbow, and then there's no resolution. They just shut him down, and now and we don't know what's going on. He's cleared, but I think the fact that he had dip velocity all and nothing was done, I that's why I'm staying away.
1: What about you, Chris? You factor it in or not really? I don't really
2: look in that. I really, am thinking about that on that question. I really just kick myself on the butt, like dynasty trades, but I to work on those things. You to see a dynasty league counselor and not. Ag- agonize over trades I made in the past and how <laughs> players are performing now. Juan Soto, <clears throat> yeah.
0: Hey, I I, <laughs> I can actually get right back in. I can have that same feeling now. You and I both share that. We've traded Juan Soto in that league, and both of them are le- trades we wish we could take back. Yeah, I tell yeah.
1: you, I I try not to think about what the guy did previous. You know, if I, if I. If I drafted a guy in round five last year and he was terrible, I feel like sometimes I look at it and I'm like, oh, now he's going in round 16. I'm in again, you know, like I want him again, you know, I'm going to double down, but it is hard. It is hard to get it out of your head, even though it's something we probably shouldn't consider, but I just, yeah, it's, it's like a balancing thing with that, I guess. So. We will uh, go on to round four here and I'll read, I'll do the next, I'll do four and five and then we'll kind of just move a little quicker through the rounds. But round four, we had Keston Hura, Patrick Corbin, Charlie Blackman, Justin took Giancarlo Stanton. Then we had Luis Severino, Austin Meadows, Marcus Simeon, Clayton Kershaw, Chris took Eloy Jimenez and then following that was Zach Greinke, Lucas Giolito, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Victor Robles, Manny Machado, and Joan Moncada. Start with Justin Stanton. I know you like
0: him this year. Tell everybody why. Well, pretty much what I said before. I got, this guy was a first-round pick last year. He's discounted now in the fourth round. Steamer projects him to lead baseball in home runs. People that were burned last year, I totally get it, but I don't know. I don't think any of those injuries really factor in when I'm thinking about where he should go next year, maybe a little bit, <laughs> but a three round drop, I'm all over Stanton as one of my favorite buys of the year. And before you move over to Chris, I do want to say you took three outfielders in the first four rounds here. I did the same thing in a podcast mock just last uh, a week or two ago. On the Prospect Three Sixty One podcast mock, and I loved how my team came out. But I like the idea of taking the outfielders early, like you did here. Yeah, so the
2: outfielders early, like that was a strategy I had last year, and I kind of really didn't think about it. So the out, yeah, I think outfield turns out, and people are saying outfield is deeper, um, and I'm not quite sure about that. Like some of the players that are later, I just don't. They don't. They either apply. platoon issue, platoon issues, or just. I'm going to have the rewards, and I don't mind going outfield later. Um, there's a position I've kind of thin at, but I think I'll be okay. But yeah,
0: I kind like of outf- like going outfield early. But I love the thing you're saying here is, you didn't even go in with the plan, and I didn't in that draft either. I was just taking best available player, and outfielders were the one I was taking. And that's yeah. what you were doing too. And yeah, yeah, it's I. there are guys in the teams that I like. I took a lot of them in this draft, but yeah, I'm all in on I'm perfectly fine. If outfielders are the best thing you're seeing early, get them. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, my we'll, pick
1: here – yeah, go ahead.
2: Go ahead yeah, I you. was
0: just
1: going to say we'll move over to Chris with uh, with Eloy here. Give me his stat line for 2020. Yeah, I have it too. I have like a 260 batting average with uh, 33,
2: 35 home runs with some upside there. Good counting stats. That team, the White Sox, I know we're going to talk about it later, but a much improved lineup. and. Wasn't for the inju- injury,
0: he was pacing pretty well last year. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah no. I I, he, I definitely like Eloy. Yeah, he exploded in the second half, but because he missed so much time, it really didn't show. So I love Eloy for this year. I think he's going to have a massive season.
1: Any anything yeah, uh, anything stand out to you guys here round four? Yeah, I was
2: between three picks actually. It was Eloy, Vlad, and Robles, and it kind of was. It was going back and forth throughout the night, the day with me, and I was kind of ho- hooting and hollering. I don't really mind where, how it ended up. Um, Vlad was the guy who was kind of thinking, oh, back, yeah, I should think I think take him? A- yeah. I
1: think you messed – didn't you message me th- for that? Yeah. Day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was a little – I was like, who do I take? I was between these two guys. So I was
2: thinking about skills. <laughs> well, and we,
1: this thing would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we all know what my answer would have been, so. Yeah. But <laughs> the Vlad pick – and the Vlad, the
2: Vlad pick. It would have been nice to third base. Um, my team, third base is my lightest position. So looking back, I would have taken wanted to take Vlad there. Yeah. Looking yeah, back. they're all, they're
1: all fine, really. I mean. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Anything stand favorite,
1: out to you here, Justin?
0: Yes, uh, my favorite pick in this draft round was Jeremy Hansen getting Manny Machado at the end of the fourth. I know that he had a what people consider a down season. But I absolutely love what he did at the 4 and flipping around on the 5 we'll get to. I just love his 4-5 turn there, um, getting Machado at the end of that round. Bob Ragg, having taken Lindor, Rendon, and Altuve in his first three rounds, getting Clayton Kershaw in the 4th as his ace. I thought that, was, that fell out nice as a real good pick. Um, Corbin, I early on wasn't really in on. But after some stats that you gave on the podcast recently about Corbin, I definitely love him in the fourth round for Benny and Benny, Jimmy James with his um, three bats that he took early on the negative side. The, one of my least favorite picks of the draft was Severino going in the early fourth, given he had shoulder injury that missed almost the entire season. And it's kind of like Chris sale. We don't know how healthy he is and if he's going to be able to hold up. So I Didn't love that one. That was my one that stood out to me that I wasn't such a fan of. Yeah. Severino scares me. I,
1: I feel like his price this year is, has really none of the downside baked in. I don't, man, it's scary to me. I can't touch him here at all. I like a lot. I like what Bob has done with his first four picks a lot. Like you said, Lindor, Rendon, Altuve, Altuve, I don't love Kershaw as your ace, but, I mean, he's obviously still
0: really good. So, yeah, I think his start is really good. I like it. He's not the ace he was three years ago. He's much more of a mid to low starting pitcher one, I would say, at this point. Maybe, I mean, there are some people that might even have him as a two. I don't know exactly where he is on the ranks right now. I don't even remember, but he's more pushing, I think, towards low end one, high end two than he is the ace that he was. But he's still a steady pitcher when he's out there.
1: I did a NFBC draft and hold recently, too. And Meadows went in like the early third, which I think is a lot closer to where he's going than this. I'm surprised he got to the middle of the fourth. But, yeah, I I thought that was pretty good, I guess.
2: Yeah, those are my two favorite picks. The Machado pick and the Meadows pick. I love Manny Machado this year. Um, it's one of those things I look at too, the, every other year it kind of plays guys. And I'm not, you know, you can't really think about it and hold true, but it seems like Machado is pacing every other year. Um, and this is the year he can, you know, go 35, 10 again,
0: even if he doesn't, even if he does what he did last year, except he's got a better team around him. So he's getting more runs in RBI. I mean, he's a good player and Yeah. End of the fourth round. I think that he's got a a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth for him. And I gladly would have taken him there at the end of this round, which I love Vlad and I love Eloy. So there are other players there I would have liked also, but I just, I see a lot of good value in the fourth round here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's pretty good overall. All right. Moving on to round five, we had JT real Muto, Bo Bichette, Corey Kluber, Chris Paddock, Gary Sanchez, Eugenio Suarez, Chris took Tommy Pham, Then we had Chris Bryant, Matt Olson, Mike Soroka, Whit Merrifield, Justin took Tyler Glassnow, and then we had Anthony Rizzo, Araldis Chapman, and Paul Goldschmidt. I'll start with Chris, Tommy Fam. I actually took him in my draft as well. I think I got him the round after, but. Five or six, yeah, somewhere in there. Do you think he's better or worse in San Diego? Uh, same. I do like it that
2: it's his his free agent year, and I think players, especially this one, will want to perform better going into free agency. Um, I think it's about the same just because the lineup, you know, similar lineups. I just don't think you have to worry about the missing time, I guess, other than an injury. It's kind of the same lateral move, I think. Yeah,
1: I've heard people express concern about his home run totals. And, man, I just think about the potential of him hitting between. I mean, he. granted, I don't like guessing lineups in December, but I think there's a pretty good chance that he's hitting between Tatis and Machado. And, man, that's a pretty that cozy spot. Pick. Yeah, that's a cozy spot for sure. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. down the line in Petco is pretty short. It's really
2: the
0: the gaps kind of get you. Yeah, that's like Tampa and I could see like I think there will be a slight dip in the power but I'm saying slight, nothing that would really change my value of him. And the thing people are not remembering with or thinking about with him and I don't know if this applies for the last year or two, but I know in the last couple of years San Diego has been very liberal on the pay, base paths. They they run a lot. Yeah. And he could be running more this year. I could see him getting more like tw- up, upper twenties, pushing thirty steals, as compared to where he's been. I would actually, am up the stock on the on the steals going into this year. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Uh, Justin Tyler Glass now, late round five. Uh, how many innings do
0: you think he'll pitch? And do you feel good with him as your SP two? Yes, I will say that this go- pretty much goes right in the face of everything I said about Chris Sale. The one difference I'll say between Sale and Severino is Glassnow came back, and Severino did too, but he missed so much time. Glassnow came back at the end of the season and looked dominant there at the end of the year and going into that the October. He looked really good, and I'm not as worried about him. There is risk there because, again, I mean – I can't sit here and tell you that it wouldn't shock me if he had Tommy John surgery after because he had the elbow scares last year. But this is a chance I'm taking. He was the possibly the best pitcher in baseball there for the first six weeks or right there with some of these other guys. And I just decided this is going to be a spot where I shoot for the moon with him to where yeah, I could easily see this one blowing up in my face. But I'm taking the shot on. Yeah, it's it's going to be one of those that's a- it's going to go one
1: way or the other. I could, if, if you told me at the end of the year he was a top five pitcher, I, I wouldn't even be surprised. I mean, the innings may keep him from being that, but per inning, he could be as good as anybody. So,
0: be honest, Chris, what are your thoughts on that one?
2: I like last this year. Um, you know, it's going to be an innings limit, but, you know, wind
0: should be there and a lot of strikeouts. I um, didn't answer yeah. your question. Uh, 170 innings. I'll just say he stays healthy and throws 107. I don't. Yeah, I. I'm not saying I would project it, but I'm sitting there. How yeah. many? I'm. I'm that might be hopeful talking. I don't think. I, I don't know if he's healthy. I don't think they're going to be shutting him down. It's kind of like the Walker Bueller statement last year. But you have me wondering now that I've asked this, what his innings total was before last year. it up. He,
1: I think I would. I would take the under on 172.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I would too. But that I look 111. And I, yeah, I think I think it will be in like the 150 range somewhere in there. He threw 150 in 2017 yeah. and then he but threw those, 111. Yeah,
1: those 150 could be absolutely electric. So, yep, I mean, that's there's not as many guys going, you know, 200 plus these days. It seems so anything uh, stick out to you from this round?
2: Uh Matt Olson, you know, a great pick there in round
1: five. Ooh, I love that.
2: Yeah, man, I love that. And catchers too. Two catcher league. I don't mind round five. I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. Two of them went. Yeah, mm-hmm. the pick I don't like is Kluber. That was before the trade. Uh, yeah. But I know Cam. Cam loves Kluber. Um, he's got Kluber sale, which Kluber cool. bust right there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was, uh, I was going to bring that up. That is,
0: uh, take some stones to do that. I tell you, that's a strong stomach, but it could be a really weak stomach by June. If things go wrong, uh, my favorite pick or one of them goes back to Hanson on this turn. I said, I loved Manny Machado. And then three picks later, he took Bo And I think Bo Bouchette's not going as high as he probably should be in these drafts so far yep. early on. I to- lo- totally agree. Love Bo Bichette. Love Rizzo in the sixth. I just think he's a lot of steady production. Matt Olson, I love. Chris Bryant, I love. I like Chris's Tommy fan pick. And yeah, Gary Sanchez, I really like. And the going in the fifth round, making a move on him, I think about the right time to do it. And love to get him. Cool. All right, should we move to? Uh, I think I'm gonna. We're just gonna
1: go through these. Next set of rounds here, and I'm not going to read them all off, but um, I'll probably just read your guys' picks off if that that works. Yeah, you're the host. Uh, six, Six through ten. So round six through ten, Chris took Nelson Cruz in round six, Abreu in round seven, McNeil in round eight, Ahmed Rosario in round nine, and Frankie Montas in round ten. Uh, question for you here, Montaz is your SP two. How do you feel about that? Uh,
0: eh,
2: not well, but it ended up there. Um, I'll you know I'll take it. I was hoping Hendricks would make it. He went right before me, so it was kind of like I w- rather have Kyle Hendricks just because he can get you know safer um, than Montaz. I do worry about the suspension and the split, but the split finger that's pretty what he can do relies on but i don't mind it i you know i knew i was gonna have to load up on arms after that pick um the bats i just couldn't pass up i just couldn't pass up the bats and there's no really no arms i really like there that my picks so it kind of just fell the way it did
1: yeah i wasn't i didn't mean to imply it wasn't fine especially if you load it up on our you know it, when you load up on arms later it's fine in a draft and hold because you're going to be moving a minute out a lot too even though you're going to probably be using him you know pretty much every start but Love the cruise pick.
2: Yeah, I knew yeah, I was going to be on the show. I think you told me yeah, you guys were going to invite me on the show after that, so like, I got to grab Nelson Cruz because Andrew's of dangerous favorite player. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Nelson Cruz
1: is so great. Well-loved by us. Yes. Yeah, he's just he's just so great, man. Yeah, he's just every year. I mean, one of these years, it's totally going to burn because he is 39 and going to be 40, but, man, it's just every season I feel like it's – repeat repeat every year we say the same thing and he just keeps doing the same thing it's like over and over
0: and i'm a big jose abreu fan he's also one of my favorite um values this year so i love that you know, crew yeah and six and seven love yeah it. and like
2: abreu like he's one of the last first bases there. I was getting a little worried at first base i know that position could get kind of thin out
0: mm-hmm. but like abreu in
2: round seven it's like yeah give me every day of the week yeah and then a little dra- a draft and hold strategy. McNeil, I didn't love the pick in round eight. However, he has a lot of position flexibility, second, third, and the outfield. And in this draft and hold format, you kind of want one of those guys.
1: Yes, yeah, you do. I, I love yeah. it. I love that
0: pick. Yes. I think it's good. I, th- yeah. I think I'm trying to look here because you were saying if you that- took a- – go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say if McNeil just improves his power – just a tick, like not much. I don't feel like he has to improve it much. He is just a total stud. I mean, he rakes and the power's a little light, but like you said, position eligibility, yeah, you got to feel good about him. I mean, uh, round eight, I don't see any problem with it. Well, that's like pick 115, 110. Yeah, like that. Yeah. All right, so then going over to Justin, we had uh, round six, Max Muncie. Round seven, Yasiel Puig. Round eight, Josh Donaldson. Round nine, Justin's boy, Max Freed. And round ten, Taylor Rogers. Uh Start with Donaldson. Where do you hope that he goes,
0: and where do you think he goes? I hope he stays in Atlanta. I think he's going to be in Washington. I could wouldn't shock me either way. I think it's going to be close. I think whoever signs him is making a mistake. There's no way I would feel comfortable giving that guy 4 years. But on the same note, someone's going to do it, I think. And I think it's going to be Washington after losing Strasburg and Rendon. Or I'm sorry, losing Rendon. I think they're going to be making that move.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. I've thought there's a few different scenarios for him and he still hasn't gotten with any uh any team yet so jury's
0: sure still out on that i guess yeah maybe everybody's holding their ground with the three years and he's just waiting for somebody to blink and i think eventually someone's gonna blink i think this is gonna be one of those where these guys are gonna keep watching the winter go on and someone's gonna eventually do it talk to me about your um not
1: just your Taylor Rogers pick, but kind of the thought process with the closers here, obviously. I mean, oh. just to just to read a few off here, there was a couple that went earlier, and then Jansen went in late round eight, Kimbrell, Hand, and Diaz in round nine. They start flying off the board, column A, and then you took Rogers. So just give us kind of your thought process, and did you feel like you had to take a closer there, or, you know what you yes. like about Rogers, any of that stuff.
0: I'm going to complain a bit here. I rolled as Chapman when it's 74th overall at the end of the fifth round. And that's fine. I think that's fine value. And going around to the next turn, I realized that first base was about to get away from me if I didn't take one. So I took Max Muncy there and it kind of goes with what Chris was saying. I prefer a Brayu in a regular league. They're pretty close, but I think I'd t- take a Brayu. but in a draft and hold, I went for the three position eligibility that Muncy provides. Over the slightly better stats, I, th- I would project out of Abreu. I mean, it's close. And in doing that, I thought I was giving up on Asuna. Because it was Asuna or a first baseman there. And then Asuna just kept falling. And the pick before me, he goes in the seventh oh, round. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that was the worst snipe of this draft. I was furious just because I thought he was actually going to make it to me. And he went... So then at that point, I'm like, okay, there's no closures I want in this at this point. So I left it for a couple of rounds, and then they started jumping. And I was like, well, I'm going to get Rodgers here, who, again, at this point, I, there, there's nobody that you feel incredibly safe about. Rodgers was really good last year, and I went on and grabbed a couple of his handcuffs as the draft went on. But I, do, I, do, I don't love taking that pick there. It was one of my least favorite picks I made.
1: What do you uh, what do you guys think of kind of these rounds six through ten? Was there anything that jumped out at you, or you know, like, didn't like? Start with uh, start with Chris. Nothing
2: really jumping out at me. Well, um, no, go ahead, uh, Justin, if you have anything.
0: No, you go first. I've got stuff, but you go first.
2: No, go ahead. I don't have anything. I don't really see anything jumping out there. Know? <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Um, yeah. I didn't even talk playing about playing the game, game of chicken. Yeah. <laughs> I I love Freed. I've already been long talking about that as one of my favorite values. as an SP three, I actually traded limit for him in the dynasty league a couple of days ago too. After mentioning him on last week's episode, I'm like, you know what? I should be at least trying to trade for him. If I'm telling people they should be trading trading for him, and I was successful. But picks other people made that I highlighted that I really liked. Carlos Correa going all the way at pick 93 to King Do. I thought that was just fantastic value for a guy who was pacing to hit 40 home runs last year. If I mean, you can't just take a half season and say, okay, he hit 20 last year in 80 games. He's going to hit 40. But he was having a very good season around all those injuries. And I think dropping that far is good. I've already said Jose Abreu at 97 to Chris Winder, I thought was real good. Um, Hoskins to Lou at the 7 8 turn. Reese Hoskins, kind of the that's nearing an end of a tier, and I thought that's good value. Wilson Contreras at the top of the ninth to Renfro in a two catcher league. I think that's really good value, also. That's four rounds after you're getting JT Real Muto and Gary Sanchez, especially Real Muto. I would definitely take Contreras four rounds later over Real Muto. Um, Lou. Lou getting Edwin Diaz at the 9-10 wheel, I thought that was really good. I will add that if I was him, I would have been trying to get some other handcuffs to him, given how volatile Diaz was last year. But that's a real good upside play right there. And then finally, my last one was Kyle Hendricks in the mid-10th by Bob. Sorry, Chris, but man, I thought that was great value, too, at that point. I was not looking. I mean, I took Freed. He's my guy this year. But Hendricks is incredible value, and in, at that point, yep. yeah, I love I love the Hendricks pick, and I I
1: really really like the Ramon Laureano pick in the eighth round. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that guy's going in the eighth round, but yeah, I definitely liked definitely liked both of those. And speaking of strategy, I know you touched upon that, uh,
2: Justin, with the relief pitchers, and especially drop and hold. You have to handcuff these guys, and it's a strategy that I think it was Yoram. I think didn't he won it, Andrew? Didn't he win the yeah NFBC yeah. draft world yeah. championship? And yeah. I think he was on our Facebook page talking about some strategies. That's what he said he does. He just looks at a couple bullpens and gets yep. all the relievers in those two bullpens, and that's yep. how he kind of plays it.
1: He drafted. Uh, I remember that year looking at his team, and he drafted the entire Texas Rangers bullpen. It was like four <laughs> guys. And I forget which year that was, who, you know, who it was that was the guy that emerged, but I want to say it was even a couple different ones, you know, and then he just had the Rangers closer all year. But the only thing that's dangerous about that is if you don't have the guy that gets it. I mean, like when you guys Mm -hmm. did this draft, when you guys did this draft, like what you said about handcuffing Diaz, Justin, it. Yeah. It wasn't, but it
2: wasn't. Batances. And then Batantis gets traded yeah, to them. Yeah, right.
1: Mm-hmm. So you could yeah. sit there and handcuff Diaz all you want. Batansis goes there, and now, and then he gets saves. And then what? Now you got a bunch of middle relievers that aren't getting saved. So you got to be a little careful. But the, in right. general,
0: the strategy is is a good strategy. I think. As sure. the guy who took Batansis quite a bit later, I hope Diaz struggles. <laughs>
1: So moving to rounds eleven through twenty, and I was going to kind of highlight the uh, closer strategy. You mentioned it briefly, but uh, notice, Chris, you got Gallegos in round sixteen. You think he's getting saves this year?
2: Yeah, I do. I think uh, they want to put Carmart back in the starter role. I think Gallegos—he had a good year last year—and I think, yeah, why not him? Yeah, yeah. And then speaking of the closer strategy again, this is a similar league. There's not an overall. So if I miss out on some points in the relief, you know, I'm not going to get a lot of saves for an overall price. So uh, hopefully I just can find middle of the pack and grab some relievers later to get some saves because I missed out on a lot.
1: Yeah, I like Gallegos too. I actually uh, recently traded for him in Rotomasters 3. So I feel feel good about him. I like his price right now, and I think it's just kind of a little bit under the radar. What do you – I like the Sean Murphy and Evan White picks. Talk to us about those a little bit. Yeah, so Sean Murphy,
2: he, I don't know, I know what, you know, uh, sorry. And you listen to a lot of James Anderson, and Sean Murphy is one of his guys that he's been plugging a lot in redraft leagues. He says if he's not, he has him at catcher like eight in redraft leagues, something crazy like that. He's like, if you're not taking the top 200, you're missing out. I was like, I'll grab a share then. Um, you know, it's kind of that spot. I think he has a job in Oakland. He's a good framer. They like it. They like his bat. He got some time last year. I like the Sean Murphy pick there um, as my C1, a late C1 there you can get kind of get. And then the Evan White, um, he just signed that contract there for Seattle. I think he'll win the job going out, um, starting job every day. Good average good middle power and just, he might chip in some steals, which is kind of underrated there at first base.
1: Yeah. I I took him in my draft and hold too. So I'm excited about Evan White. I think, I think where he's got, you know, where it's at in the draft, it's like should start and even the whole season, you know, so that's, it's good. I liked it. Uh, Justin 11 through 20. You took Brantley Price, Eaton, and Chu. Are you are you trying to have the oldest team in the league or what?
0: <laughs> Playing like it's two thousand twelve. <laughs>
1: um, really I just for the t- record for the record real quick, I like I like those picks, so I'm just messing with you, but
0: Yeah. I definitely... and if you even go this was eleven through twenty, Yachty Molina, Jan Gomes, I even moving down there, even some more old guys. I Osber really- Cano, Hamels. Yeah, going to a little further, there are definitely more. <laughs> yeah. I'm t- I was looking for floor guys and just taking what the board was giving me, not really being an uber aggressive on the kids. I, I was seeing guys taking all these prospects early that I just I don't feel as great about it as early as they were going. I know I did want to get um, Dylan Carlson. I was hoping to get him around 15 to 18 and he went earlier than I was hoping the earlier than I'd be willing to take him. But I, yeah, just taking floor guys. I mean, as long as they're healthy, Michael Brantley, he's awesome hitter who, you know, I didn't get a ton of guys who I think are real high batting average early to where Eaton, Brantley, Chew. Those are floor guys who should hit for a solid enough average. Even Yadi Molina as a catcher is a very, I mean, he's a, not an exciting name, but he's a guy who you can kind of, he's pretty reliable. And David Price, I do want to bring him up, too, there. We've mentioned this before. His starts, if he's still in Boston at the beginning of the year, if you just remove those Yankee starts the last couple seasons, he's been really good. So you just got to be sure to watch your, watch your weekly lineup and make sure he's not facing the Yankees and get him out of there if he is. And he's a real good pitcher, to where I was thrilled to get him as a number three as late as I did.
1: Yeah, yeah, I thought the... I thought those were good picks. Like I said, I just had to mess with you a little bit because we were we were actually laughing during the draft about it. you're like I got the oldest team in history. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> any if only uh, I could have gotten Nelson Cruz. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> any <laughs> my mold. Uh, any picks from these rounds that you guys really like or didn't like? I just I I got to touch on one here. Love you, John Calvagno, but Jared Kelenic in round 15 of draft and hold is absolutely insane. I got him in mine in round 44, just to give an idea. On an <laughs> and I, w- I was telling Justin, it was in like the thirties. And I was like, I'm still not even tempted because I just don't know when he's going to come up. I mean, I guess if we get close to the season and he signs some kind of extension and you know anything can happen, but for w- just taking what we know right now,
0: man, round fifteen is just crazy to me. Don't you guys agree? Yeah, he took a couple of those shots with pl- guys that I'm like, I even Garrett Hampson moving up in the eighth round. I'm like, didn't we see this play out last year? I'm not saying Garrett Hampson won't get playing time, but the risk is there that he won't, and just and a guy like Kelnick hitting him when we may not see him. I mean. Is it a guarantee that we see him play this year? No, not no. to me. No. I don't feel that way.
1: No, I don't think it's a guarantee. I mean, I think we probably will. Yes. But if I had to guess, I'd say July, August, it, probably at best. And
0: how I, great is he? Is he worth a pick this early? I mean, and we're not certain that he's going to come up and be this, like, amazing superstar, even when he does come up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I like him a lot as a prospect. Do Don't get me wrong; I mean he's a stud, but yeah, yeah. Just in this format, I just wasn't a wasn't a huge fan of the pick. And I love the uh, love the Howie Kendrick pick by uh, by Crump. I was telling Justin the other day his his batted ball stuff from last year is just totally crazy. I was looking at it and um, expected slugging percentage the top 14 guys from last year. If you, you know, you just sort expected slugging percentage on baseball savant.com and he was fourth and every other name in the top 14, it was like trout Cruz, Yelich Bellinger, uh, Olson Soto. I think Gallo, JD Martinez, like every guy is just a total elite, you know, fantasy producer. And, Howie Kendrick was in there. I mean, obviously he's older. Anything could happen. Some of the playing time, you know, he may be banged up here and there and whatever, but I think in this spot, I took him in mind too. He's dual eligible. He's such a good hitter. I
0: just, I like him a lot. Yeah. Agreed. Solid bat. to you,
1: Chris, anything else?
0: Um, nothing
2: really. I do like, I, I was going to mention Carter Kaboom. I took him around 17. I have, it's going back to those prospects, like versus Kellinick versus Kaboom. Kaboom has could have a job right out of spring training, while Kellinick, there's, there's a lot of outfielders in Seattle. So give me the prospects that actually made some time last year in the big leagues, or that have an opening out of spring training. I'm not going to take flyers in rounds 15 through 25, say, of guys that are you know far away. The highest they made was I A or something like that.
0: You know, K- Carter Kaboom. The, the nice thing is he's got two shots at playing time. He's got third base and second base. He could be playing either one of those to where, yeah, there's a much better chance at playing time early. Now, we also, they could also sign two guys and he's down for most of the season, but we just don't know. But highlighting a couple of picks I liked, uh, McCutcheon in the 11th, I think he was going around that point last year. So it's not much of a discount, but I thought he was incredibly discounted last year. So I really liked that pick. De Nelson Lamette in the 12th by uh, Benny and his sidekick, Ryan. Uh, Lamette, he, I looked, him up, looked up his performance last year. I know he was a trendy guy right before he had Tommy John a couple years ago. He was really good last year after coming back. So I really like that as a 10th round, uh, double digit round flyer. Uh, Justin Turner in the 12th by John Calvagno. I thought that was really good. Bob Ragg getting Kevin Newman in the 15th. I really like him as a middle infielder, second base or shortstop. If you miss out on one of those positions, he's a solid guy who I think feels like a pretty good floor guy. Evan White, you took him in round 19, Chris. I thought that was solid in terms of just nice value there. And I took Solak in the 17th, and I I kind of – I had some buyer's remorse after taking that. I really like Solak this year, but – there's risk that they could go sign or trade for a third baseman. And Odor is probably starting the, or he will start the year with that second base job. He's still got a shot at DHing if that happens, but I think there's enough playing time risk that that wasn't worth the pick there. So those were ones that stuck out to me looking back.
1: I meant to, I meant to mention the Justin Turner pick too in round 12 by John. I liked that one a lot. So good call there. All right, moving on to round 21 through 30. I just want to hit on a couple of these. Uh, Chris, you took Clint Frazier in round 26. Is this guy ever going to get
2: playing time or what? Well, at the time I took him, there was rumors that he's going to be traded to a couple teams. And I was like, hey, he can get playing time somewhere. Um, The Yankees, he's got to be the fourth outfielder coming out of screen training. I think, you know, they're old. Um, Stanton's missed a lot of time. Judges missed time with oblique injuries. Gardner he's gonna be a starting center fielder I don't know yeah. like it's just it's a weird outfield and I don't see why Frazier wouldn't get at least some at bats and maybe get hot and stick in the lineup um Hicks will be out at least the half of the year I think if not more um so I think he will get playing time in New York if not they will move him for something else I can see a really big package maybe just I don't know what they're gonna do but I can see him being moved
1: yeah i I've said it before. I think I I feel so bad for Clint Fraser. <laughs> he, um, I just feel like he deserves playing time, you know. And he's now he's 25 years old, and he's been stuck on this great team. And he just they they won't trade him. They don't really play him. He's just kind of stuck, and it sucks. I have no shares of him, so I'm not like influenced by any of that. I just feel like he deserves a shot, and kind of has for a while. So. Just was curious Kyle your Tucker thoughts there.
0: Purgatory. I think that's what we call that.
1: Yeah, it's it's worse than Tucker. Tucker's Tucker's yeah,
0: still Tucker's younger. Tucker's than... looking like the yeah, and he's seeing a light here at the end of the tunnel and Frazier, it still just looks bleak.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's just tough. Um Justin, Forrest Whitley, round twenty three, was it? What do you think yeah, about like his in, innings and innings and
0: usage this year? What do you think? No clue. <laughs> I have no idea. But this guy was the top pitching prospect a year ago, and it last year was a disaster. But he really seemed to turn it turn it to, around at the end of the season and in the Arizona Fall League. I think he threw. I was reading he had a no hitter into the, like the fifth inning of one of his fall league games, and he talked in an interview during the fall league about how. He had made some adjustments because of the shoulder injury and trying to ease the stress on it early in the year. And he was just starting to get comfortable with the new delivery and he was throwing more strikes. And he was going earlier than this last year. He's still an elite prospect, pitching prospect. And I'm just taking a stab here as a guy who could be a league winner. And if he's not, now that it's around 23, I'm good enough taking him. He's not like a guy that I felt like I'm targeting, but I'm just – at this point, I'll take the I'll take the shot. This is where I felt more comfortable taking sh- a couple shots, and I didn't take too many minor leaguers. And I don't think he'll be starting the year in the major major league rotation. But it's just I felt like it was time. Question for Chris,
1: and I'm asking this because these guys were back to back, and Justin made the pick, so it's just easier to ask Chris: Forrest Whitley or Nate Pearson, 2020.
2: Hmm. Coming top minor, like neither. Like I don't know. Like uh, I just have worries about both of them. Just getting a lot of, a lot, a lot of innings the past couple of years. I don't know if these organizations want to build up innings, which I don't agree with. I think with starters like these guys, why waste innings in the minor leagues? Um, I would. Yeah. I would just have I would have minor leaguers. You know, pitchers, especially call germs. You know, finish the year in the minors and get them up as soon as possible because. You're just wasting time in the minor leagues, um, so Pearson Whitley, I guess Whitley, better team um, I would go with for this year. Um, I don't see either, you know I don't think either will make a big impact this year, just this one, my gut, just because I'm not really sure they'll going get a lot of innings this year. I'd rather take uh, yeah, not those guys. I don't think so. I think the guys the random pitchers, the random minor leaguers will pop bigger than these guys.
1: Yeah, the yeah, random it's minor leaguers. I like uh, I like Pearson this year I I feel like Pearson could be their ace right now like he might be the best pitcher in the organization probably is right now oh yes I guess I guess aside aside from they got just got Ryu I was thinking about it before that but yeah I mean it wouldn't even shock me if he was like on that level I don't know I think he's just going to be dominant when he comes up but what do you want to make a board bet here Justin or are you not no, no, no. I don't no. feel comfortable enough Whitley versus Pearson. <laughs> I okay. could easily see it. Okay. And I have no yeah, I wasn't Whitley. Nope. I wasn't trying to call you it out. I, I just... Uh, I remember making the comment when you made the picks, and I just... I like Pearson, so... No, nope, I don't, I
0: Logan, don't feel not about strong Logan Gilbert, all, honestly. I hadn't even thought Logan, about
2: it. Logan Gilbert went two picks ahead, and I bet she has a better year than both those guys. Ooh, Really?
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> if, I just think he'll get... I think he'll get innings. I don't think he'll get more innings. That's true. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It so,
2: probably you
1: know, it, it, it probably does. It probably does ultimately come down to innings with
0: you know whoever. And he is. he's a strike thrower. Uh-huh. Yeah, he
1: throws That's, yeah it. he throws strikes
0: and yeah. That's why I don't feel confident making any bet. I have no idea on innings on any of these guys. Logan Gilbert probably yeah. is the safest for it in major league innings. Seattle's been aggressive with their prospects.
1: All right, so kind of moving towards the end here, we'll just do. I mean. Rounds thirty-one through fifty. Uh any type of end game strategies? What were you guys kind of thinking in the later rounds, just in general? Start with uh start with Chris. Uh pitchers. I was looking at a lot of arms and I was
2: just gonna grab as many as I can. Um thirty-one through forty, I grabbed uh six, six, seven arms. Um just to thinking load up on arms or the relievers or starters um so i grabbed gibson um i know pavetta was going around 15 last year he was everyone's hot guy i grabbed him as well um he could break out you know it's around 33. um another good name that's getting a lot of pub right now is austin both um thanks for inviting john and uh, the masters too i know he made a little trade with you and he seems like he's been with you andrew um just for, um seems like a guy that's you know getting a lot of run and he could get that fifth rotation spot in washington um seems like a pretty big name right now. You can kind of get really, really late in these draft and holds.
1: Yeah, I really So, uh, pictures,
2: pictures, pictures.
1: I really like the the Hunter Harvey pick. That's one of my late guys this year. I love him. Yeah. I and think that uh, it, makes sense. I think there's a just a I think there's there's a good enough combination there with where he's being drafted, talent level and bad team that if they just let him move towards that closer role i think it could be awesome and i think it fits him well because substantial amount of innings on that arm with all the injuries he's had it just isn't going to work and it's pretty clear that it isn't going to work so
0: and baltimore yeah, i, I is like the worst hunter closing harvey. situation
1: yeah i I, li- I just like hunter harvey this year where you can get him price all that i, I definitely like him so i wanted to give you a shout out for that um uh, yeah. What about you, Justin, like end game strategy? What were you thinking about it the last, you know, 15 to 20 rounds?
0: Really just, you could say at, once we get to the reserve rounds, it's at bats and innings. And before I get into mine, I do want to say, Chris, I thought you made some really good picks in the 20s. There were three different picks that I loved. And that was John Gray in 21, Garrett Richards in 25, and Mountcastle in 27. I just, I really like all those picks as I was highlighting a couple Going through my highlights, I realized I was just going down your roster. I was like, I didn't even realize because I'm looking and I don't see your name at the top, and I'm like, "Ooh, I like that pick," and keep looking and seeing it's yours. But um, moving into the 30s and 20s, late 20s for me, it's all about at bats and innings. I really in the 20s was trying to get guys who I thought would be playing: Cole Calhoun, uh, Simmons, Josh Lindblom, CJ Cron. I figured he'd have a job somewhere, and sure enough, he and um. He and Cole Calhoun were free agents whenever we were having this draft. And I just thought, someone's going to sign them and play them. I just felt pretty confident in it. Evan Longoria, Dexter Fowler in round 30. um, Moving into now as we get into the 30s here, Fowler's going to play, I think, for St. Louis. I don't think, with how much they're paying him, I don't think this is going to be the year where he sits unless he's just terrible. One of my favorite picks was Bradley Zimmer. I think it was round 31, I, ju- I see playing time, I think I've mentioned before, and the Dynasty buys. I see that him as a guy who could fall into some playing time, and he was a pretty exciting prospect a couple of years ago. But just moving down the list, it's all about getting guys who I think will play, even that are unsexy. Jay Hap, Eric Sogard, Sergio Romo. He and was a free agent also, signed yeah, with Minnesota's. I like, I like the Romo pick. That's a guy who seems to fall into closer roles here and there a lot, yep. yep, and it's just that, and then also, my last thing was get get two more catchers try to try to get the guy backups to your catchers if that's possible, and then I drafted Yadi Molina, so I went and took Andrew Knizner i don't know exactly how to say that pronounce his name. I've even seen him here in double a Springfield, and don't remember and While I took Jan Gomes, I wasn't able to get Kurt Suzuki also earlier. But I took one, Jason Castro, who he's a real good pitch framer. I think he's going to get playing time somewhere. Even if it's not every day playing time, he'll play a decent amount to where, get a couple catchers that I think will get playing time in case something happens to a starter. And just I, didn't, I did not want to take many prospects that I did not think were going to play. That's something, Andrew, you've talked to me about in terms of you don't want to fill up a squad with too many guys that are not playing. Because as injuries happen, next thing you know, you may not be able to plug somebody in. So I was trying to get guys that to where I had every position covered with at least one, maybe two guys on my bench that could go in there uh, uh, with infielders and catchers and then have five to eight outfielders ready to roll. And not many of them are prospects. I mean, I got a couple of them in there, but there's just a bunch of guys who should play.
1: Yeah, I don't... Uh, I don't think you know I've played in quite a few of these draft and holds and I just don't I don't feel like it's a bad thing to take prospects but one thing that I kind of like to do is I like to spread it out a little bit as far like position wise because Mm -hmm. if you take I think it's okay to take shots I mean that can help win you the league but like, like for example in mine I know one thing I did was it was like I took one prospect at shortstop and one prospect at first base. You know, I I just kind of spread it out to where I still have what I hope, at least, is enough coverage at each position. I I think I took one or two at outfield, but I took 11 or 12 outfielders, you know, and then same with pitching. So as long as you don't take all your prospects at you know, you don't want (laughs) to. You don't want to have a second baseman and then have all your backups be just prospect guys because if he gets hurt, you you have a blank at second base. So, just things to kind of think about in the later rounds. And I'm always, I usually drop like kind of a little bit of a depth chart when I am doing these because you just have to have you have to have it fit at the end. You know, I think the end game mm-hmm. of these is important because you want to have enough coverage at each position, including pitcher. Relievers save potential, all that stuff, and just finding that balance, I think is pretty important. I thought you guys both did a good job. What do you think of your drafts overall? Start with
0: Justin very happy with it. I'm pretty excited about this team. I think that I got some guys that I have upside, but without going taking too many shots, I, I've counted up. I think I've got five guys on my team who I don't think will be up opening day. Uh, Julio Rodriguez was the one I took that may not play this entire season, but I went on and took the shot just in case he gets the Juan Soto shoot shot. Um, but overall I feel real good about my squad. I think I got myself more starting pitchers that I think feel safe for innings than I did last year doing the same draft. And yeah, I'm, I think I've got a good mix The only my, Least favorite part of my team as are the closers, Taylor Rogers, Joe Jimenez. That's the one thing that I could I feel like could end up becoming a problem down the road if one of those guys was to lose a job and somebody else on the Twins is closing, or maybe Jimenez gets traded at the trade deadline because he's performing real well. But overall, I'm I'm real happy with my squad. I I just realized you have Rogers, Trevor May, and Romo. Yes. And that's pretty Romo, good. That's pretty good. Romo wasn't on the Twins when I made that, did that draft. Right. <laughs> and yeah. What was funny is there was a lot of talk of Batanzas going there. And I didn't even make that. I think that was also after the draft, I was hearing rumors. I'm like, well, I guess that would be interesting. And then Romo signed there, and there were, there were still rumors. Batanzas went to the Mets. But yeah, I do have the Twins covered pretty well. Yeah, I was looking at Romo and mine around that spot. I
1: think I took Sir Anthony Dominguez instead, but it was like I was definitely looking at him because he does always fall into saves. It seems like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Chris, what do you think overall of your draft, top to bottom? Yeah, I like my team
2: overall. Um, definitely closers, I missed out a lot of them, but I think I'll be okay just with another enough arms. Um, again, going back to that prospect talk and drafting and holds is I didn't grab a lot of them. It wasn't my mind. I didn't really want to going into it. It was one of those things at-bats, thinking of at-bats. Even people that are going to platoon, at least you know they're going to get in there. Like I took um, Luplo for the Indians. He smashes left-handed pitching. It's like, okay, then I know if there's lefties in there, at least I'll get some of bats from him. Um, yeah. I only took like three, you know, fan tracks as little red dots for players that are in the minor leagues. Uh, M-I-L-B eligible. I only have three of them. And those three were like in AAA. That should have a shot. Paredes, Moncastle, and there's another one. But gonna, it's okay. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I like the Paredes pick just because I think he'll get a shot. I mean, you would think it's round forty-five. I mean, why, why not? You know? Yeah, especially bad teams.
2: You know, bad yeah. teams really bring. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, and
2: definitely I think don't, I've enough, definitely, yeah. do he'll get a uh, shot. And then with, like, rookie, like, if you're going to go young, just get the guys that have some major league experience because you know they might start the year off. I got Nico Horner. I think he'll start the year off with the Cubs unless they make something, make a deal. Um, same thing could be said with Jake Rogers, the catcher, with Murphy. You know, those two young catchers there. Um, there's a couple others that had some major league experience because I think that really helps them get a shot, you know, to start the year or at least to be the next man up rather than some young guy in A or whatever.
1: Yeah, I thought you guys. I, like I said, I thought you guys both did good. Who? Uh, I don't know how much you guys have looked at these teams. I was on this quite a bit when you guys were drafting, just because I wasn't drafting for about the first thirty rounds, so I was following it pretty close. But whose team do you really like? Is the, have you looked at it close enough, or who's your favorite team besides <laughs> your own?
0: What's uh, funny is I've, I if you I didn't expect this question. I know the ones I didn't like, and I'm not going to go too much into that. Yeah, you know don't, go don't go there. Don't go there. But um, right off the bat, I remember thinking Benny and his sidekick. Sorry, Ryan, I'm going to keep saying that. Um, I think that <laughs> they had a real solid draft. I thought they did real well. Bob Rag, I thought, had a fantastic draft. I really liked Chris's draft. But Bob was probably the one actually during the draft in the early rounds that really stuck out to me. I'm like, man, he's building something good there
1: what about you chris
2: um jeremy hansen had a really good opening like we mentioned that earlier with the yelich and he went back-to-back starters not the starters i really you know they're good they're where they're at he took flair clevenger but the machado the shed he got hater woodruff those first seven picks were like those are great yeah this a nice yeah, space really especially Woodruff and hater um and then he did a nice job of like tying the edmund he grabbed Adele, so he's really good and then um some really good picks there at the end that kind of help him build that base from those picks there. Um, Yeah. Sorry, Jeremy, what he did in the beginning.
0: I look at his team specifically as a boomer bust. Cause he's got so many young guys with upside. I could see it going either way. He could easily have a couple of those guys hit that he took early on. Like Adele blows up and a couple of those other guys. And he, he just runs away with the league. I could totally see that. He also took, there's also the risk with that where, they don't get the playing time or don't meet X early expectations. And he's near the bottom. I could easily see his team being one or the other. And yeah, it's the
2: Dell Lux
0: and Tucker. Sorry. Yeah. It's a Dell Tucker and Lux in those first 12 picks. He has all three of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And that could go either Mm -hmm. way. And you know, in a winner take all league like this and probably isn't a bad strategy to take. Yeah. I I was just, I was just going
1: to say, I don't mind it at all just because, Nobody remembers who finishes second. I mean, like anytime, anytime you ever hear me on any of this stuff, talk about upside or I'm going to take my shot or I'm just grabbing as much upside as I can, stuff like that. I feel like he did a lot of that. And I just don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, what's the worst thing that happens? You don't win the league, but the best thing that happens is you blow the league away. So Yeah, I I don't have any problem with taking shots. He definitely took shots,
0: but I I don't have a problem with it. And that may have been a purposeful strategy, and you know what? Again, like you said, it could totally be worth the shot. This is the type of league to take that shot where it's pretty much first place pays out, and that's it. Yep. All right.
1: I I think that covers it. We'll take a little break here, and get back for the for the close
0: okay sounds good you know people love talking drafts and we sure gave them a lot of draft talk there Uh, i hope everybody enjoyed it and thank you for coming on with us chris that was a lot of fun
2: yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'll give you guys a lot of credit.
0: Like, this is tough. I'll give you guys a lot of, yeah. Yeah, thanks it's, for
1: coming on, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, thank you guys.
0: You listen to podcasts, and sometimes it sounds easy. And I know I like playing armchair quarterback, listening to some of these guys. And, yeah, when you come on and do it, it's, it is different. It gets easier as you do it regularly. I I will say that. But, man, it, yeah, it's, it can be some work sometimes. Um, I, thought it, I thought it was cool you set
1: this up, you know, just like – like you said, this time of year, it's what else are you gonna do? You know, I as, even though I sat it out, I kind of enjoyed watching from the sidelines. So,
2: yeah, you sat it out, then you joined an NFC league a week later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was He's about, like, nope, can't wait were, any longer. <laughs>
1: yeah, you were probably in because normally I sign up for mine right after New Year's, like right about yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. and you guys were in. I want to say around 25 30 35 somewhere in there i was like okay yeah i can't wait anymore because <laughs> i was because <laughs> i was following the, pretty much the whole thing i had it opened up in a separate window in my phone and i was just always checking it so yeah,
2: exactly you signed up and then it fill, yeah. I mean, you signed up and it filled the next day didn't it
1: <laughs> uh no it actually yeah, took yeah. a while for it to fill oh, up it and I was starting to get bored waiting for it. And then one day I randomly looked and it, there was nine of 15. And then I got to work and it was starting. It had started. And I like, was like, whoa. Because they do it where I think there's a certain point in the day. It's like when you hit the 15 out of 15 and it's full, they give you just a few minutes. It's quick to have your KDS set. But I had already set it because I knew that's how it would be. And then it just went from there Started and yeah, it was fun. Mine's over now, so it's like, what do we do next?
0: So, Chris, any any big plans tonight? Anything big going on in your world over there? <laughs> yeah, um, a little football game oh, yeah,
2: down the barrier, a Niners Seahawks tonight. It'd be a good game. Winner take, winner get first, number one seed. It's gonna be awesome. Marshall Lynch coming back, it's gonna be uh quite fun.
1: Seattle well, doesn't, right? It's nice- Seattle doesn't get the one, I don't think.
2: Oh, they don't MC, get the yeah. one. Okay, they get the two. They get the first round by, though, right? Uh, by I wrong. Yeah, not sure. This, i think they not sure. The, yeah. I think
1: they get the three, actually.
2: Oh, well.
1: Because
0: Saints and Green Bay. Yeah, one. Oh,
2: Okay, because I got you. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And
0: yeah. Green Bay won, so yeah, they're two. And I got to say, after watching my Packers go to San Francisco about a month and a half ago, I am not cheering for you guys to win tonight. Because I've seen us beat Seattle before over the years. Here and there. I don't think we... San Francisco, that was just a stomping, that game. And I do not want Green Bay to have to go back to San Francisco again. So, I hate to say it. I'm not cheering for you guys, even though that is specifically for selfish reasons. Because I've seen us beat Seattle and you guys destroyed us. So, yeah, the uh, NFC is going to be wide open. It should be interesting. Yeah, it's the NFC is going to be a lot of fun. And the AFC you know, feels top heavy with a couple teams, but uh, yeah, that that NFC, it's going to be a fun race, and I feel like we've said that the last few years, it's going to be another one of them. The NFC always seems to be exciting every year, but that's enough for football 365, because, well, (laughs) 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 actually, I guess I should say, if there are any of you guys that are into football leagues, we have our Baseball 365 Facebook group, and Kang Do, one of our fellow admins he actually does run a football 365 group too that runs with us i don't think we've ever once brought it up here but if you do like football talk there is a lot of that going on especially on sundays go check it out but chris anything any other final words before we get out of here anything else we can no thank no thank you guys for having me happy new year and i enjoyed this thank you guys thanks man thank you for setting this up we had a great time thanks for coming out i had a great time drafting and yeah thanks for getting on here and talking with us It's easier that way as compared to me just talking about it awesome thank you guys yeah Andrew any final words Nope, that's it hope everybody had a
1: good Christmas and happy new
0: year and guess what next episode it's officially time for rankings talks we are starting on catchers we're we've got our marathon to do for the next couple months from here on out it's talking players you really want to start with catchers again yes get the worst out of the way and just so well you start and finish with the worst start with catchers end with relief pitchers and yeah one through yeah, nine I <laughs> well i guess it's not one through 9 aren't pitcher yeah pitchers are one i don't know it's just always the way i've yeah. looked at it do catchers first get it out of the way Sounds so good. yeah next week we can break down yon gomes <laughs> exciting stuff yeah it's, it's definitely something to tune into All right, guys. Well, until then, we appreciate you all. Take care, everybody. Take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us baseball365pod at gmail.com and if you like the show, take a moment write us on iTunes once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook that's where baseball lives 365 days a year